Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Do Work Podcast. This is Steven. Cody over here. What's going on, guys? Hey, so uh, crazy thing today. We were hoping to have this awesome podcast with a great guest ready for you guys this week, but we ran into some technical difficulties, and we're going to have to push it off till next week. That's a great episode, but we come we come in. We, we come prepared, and we got another awesome guest that's going to come on here in a little bit and tell you a little bit about him and his fire service and his military career. It would be a great episode. Yeah, we uh, think on the fly and have a lot to say, so uh, we definitely have a bunch of episode ideas all the time running through our heads, and um, you know, just like in the fire service, adapt, adjust, and overcome. Um, so, yeah, we'll get uh, on that here shortly, but first, I think this is the episode where we bring up that debate. Which debate? That one that gave you blue balls. The fog nozzle and mm-hmm. smoothbore nozzle? Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. I'm okay and, with that. Uh, not only that, but also, you know, trying to up our, well, trying to put out the right amount of gallonage at a fire. Yeah. You're going through a struggle right now. Yeah, I'm fighting the uphill battle right now against uh, its change, just change in the fire service. We don't and, like change. Yeah, and as anybody knows, any kind of change that you have in your fire department, you're going to have guys for it and guys against it. A lot of guys against it, uh-huh. uh, especially the old timers. Not saying they're all against it and not saying they're bad firemen for it. Uh, you just don't know what you don't know. And if you don't go out there and get your training and get your own education, then you're you're going to be against something, especially if it's the way we've always done it. And that phrase is rampant in the fire service. And everybody that I know of, they say they hate it until you implement change. And then, well, because that involves doing stuff. That's true. The the getting out of the recliner and training. Uh huh. And it, it's it's hard. And some people are. I mean, they're. We should just bring recliners. You know, make sure we spec our engines with recliners. That's, and that's not about it. them at fire scenes. Yeah. And I'm, I think it'd work out great. Sometimes. Sometimes. But, yeah. Advance a recliner to the front door with a nozzle. Yeah. I'm pretty sure we could spec that for an apparatus. Like, as somewhere in there, we could have a quick deployment recliner <laughs> ready ready to go for anybody. Yeah. And uh, we might actually train on deploying that really quickly. That would be the only thing we train on. <laughs> <laughs> the quick deployment of the recliner. Anyway, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm fighting this battle. Right now, currently, in our department, I'm trying to implement change on getting the pressure increased on our inch and three-quarter. And if you've been listening to this podcast long enough, you already know that Cody, uh, he doesn't quite come across. I've been getting better. <laughs> He's rough around the edges, but, let's just yeah, say. So I, when I get passionate about a topic, I there's a lot of fucks that come out and a lot of vulgar language and it's it's not the best and it's it turns some people it, off it does and it's a, it's a tension getter for some as it was for me in my military career and in uh in my fire service <laughs> career as a young rookie but now as me becoming a more of a leader in my department i have to try to i got the right message i just need to work on the delivery mm-hmm. and i've been doing that you gave me credit yeah, you you said I did good the other day. You did. I didn't use fuck one time. Uh huh. And even if you had the perfect delivery and you're super calm and collected the whole time, you're still gonna have people writing you off because you're what, like 19 years old and already an that's, equipment operator. That's true. <laughs> I am. I am a young equipment operator, and and but that's gonna be our department for a while. We're gonna be young. You're gonna be an equipment operator soon. Maybe. You're gonna be. 
Unless Hopefully. I fuck the test up. Yeah, let's not do that. But, yeah, our, our department's going to be young, and I just, as I'm becoming more of a prevalent leader in, in the fire, or er, in the in our department, uh, I just got to work on the delivery of my message and what I've got. And he shocked the hell out of me yesterday, because this is all this department's talking about right now. This, I mean, every crew, every shift uh, is talking about this, and, every, and Cody's name gets thrown around a lot because he kind of put himself out in front of the firing squad. I did, and I'm, I'm taking the brunt of it right now, which is okay. And I've, I've got I've got the facts that back me. So uh, we'll get into that in a little bit, but uh, my captain, how he explained it to me. He, this is, this was it. My captain explained it to me this way. He said, there's a five-gallon bucket of water, which is our fire department. And it's and stagnant. And it's stagnant. It's, no water's coming in. No water's going out. Everything's calm. Everybody likes it. And for some reason, I am the dildo. This is great. The vibrating dildo, which gets dunked in the water for some reason. Do they even work after you dunk it in the water? <laughs> you know, water? I'm not sure, but I guess I do. In his story, this is this is me. So the dildo gets put in the water, and it starts shaking everything up, and it just keeps shaking and shaking. So right now, I guess uh, my department's uh, rippling water because there's a shaking dildo inside the bucket. I wish someone that's dumped a... Uh vibrating dildo on my bucket <laughs> so so i guess there's worse things to be called so i i'll, I'll take uh, i'll take that you know very poignant words from your leader yeah yeah so really i put it in a way that you can understand he and did like he did take forward with you in your future battles yep and i'm okay with that i'll be the i'll be the dildo of change see that's the thing with <laughs> new guys this millennial generation you have to speak to them in terms that they understand and i guess that's how i understand it best <laughs> This is coming from the guy that knows how to make a homemade pocket pussy. Hey, you do what you got to do when you're in Afghanistan. <laughs> I'm not judging. So, so our our debate right now is we have we have 150 feet of inch and three quarter hooked up to an automatic fog nozzle, and currently we pump uh, PDP at 115 psi. So, at 115 psi, using the friction loss formula that we use that I use from the IFSTA manual. I was trained to use that study of the IFSTA manual for the equipment operator. And looking at that, that's what I had to do to promote. So this is what you study. This is how we do it, except for we don't do it how the book says. I'm supposed to learn it this way, but we don't do it that way. So uh, I brought a bunch of that stuff up. So doing the friction loss formula, uh, you can do it yourself. So I use the coefficient of 15.5. Which He's going to do it for you, even though you can I do it for know, yourself. do it for yourself. <laughs> check, check me up on my math. <laughs> so I use a friction loss coefficient of 15.5. That's for an inch and three-quarter hose with inch and a half couplings. We use action hose at my department. And uh, 150 feet of that, uh, we're looking for a GPM of 150. So with 150 GPM pumped, at 100 PSI at the nozzle because the nozzles are task force tip 90 to 300 GPM. The handline series. Handline series. 100 PSI nozzles. And they're 100 PSI nozzles. So manufacturer specification rates them to run at 100 PSI. So you want 100 PSI tip. So you calculate your friction loss formula and by doing that with 150 GPM uh, per NFPA 1710 you come up with 52 uh, pounds of friction loss 
So, you so want, the 115 that we're pumping is it's, woefully it's inaccurate. It's inadequate. It's inadequate, yeah. and it's uh, it's not it's not enough. And I'm I'm not doing this to stir the water or anything. I'm doing this because after I go to these classes and and all the stuff that I've been learning, I want to implement the change that's going to make it safer on on the fire ground. Because we're going into structure fires. They're not legacy construction anymore. They're modern construction. They have modern fuel loads in them. Everything's made of plastic anymore. So we're already going into more toxic, uh, higher heat being developed in these structure fires. And my goal is to have guys go in with enough GPM and to NFPA standard of 150 GPM per hose line to go into these structure fires and be successful in them. And the last thing I want is somebody to go down inside of a structure fire because they didn't have enough water. For one, I could not live with myself supplying them with inadequate water to a fire that overcame them. And for two, I do not want to be called incompetent after they do the investigation. Because we know as soon as a line of duty death happens, they're going to look at everything. Everything's going to be looked at. Everything's going to be taken consider of, considered of, and if uh, if the equipment operator is pumping at a lower pressure than what NFPA requires, even though we're TCFP and TCFP hasn't adopted NFPA 1710, NFPA is a subject matter expert, and it's held up in a court of law, and you will be called inadequate if you don't know how to pump your apparatus, and that's what I'm trying to preach to these guys is with the nozzles we have right now, we are setting ourselves up for failure by pumping lower. So how do we fix this? Some people are going to look at it and be like, well, man, 152 PDP coming out of the nozzle, of an inch and three-quarter nozzle, that is going to kick somebody's ass. It's, it's too much work. It's going to beat your guys to death. I'm okay with that. That's a valid statement. It is. That's, that's a lot of uh, PSI on a guy, especially if you're a small department like we are and you could have one guy on the nozzle. There's different ways of maneuvering nozzles. There's different ways of training your hosemen and how to deploy uh, these hose lines and how to advance them. And and uh, we've got guys that are just completely against it because they, they took an apparatus out and they put 150 on it and they opened it up and tried walking the hose line. They, they advanced the hose line standing straight up, wide open, and trying to advance it. You don't do that. That's never been trained that way. Hose line advancement, any, after I went to the... I'm, in my academy, they didn't train us to advance hose like that. You shut your nozzle down. You advance it where you need it. You open it up. You put fire out. You shut it down. You advance on it. You just keep doing that. Bam, bam, bam. And uh, all departments are different. All departments train different. Uh, my department hasn't hasn't been training on hose line advancement. Uh, that was actually the, the first time in a long time I've ever heard of anybody actually training on hose line advancement. And, uh, and uh, of course, they didn't do it right. So... So Cody's starting this battle, and everybody's talking, but what also is happening, even though you have a bunch of haters, we're also going out and flowing water. Training is actually lines. taking place, and, right. and I'm, I'm good with that. As long as somebody's going out and doing something, check me if I'm wrong. Do your training. Mm-hmm. Uh, guys are actually, like today, uh, we went up to the station, and they were saying, yeah, we, we talked about it for about two hours. So they put down two hours of, uh, of theoretical pressure calculations, so... I'm good with it as long as uh, it's getting the conversation started and that water's moving inside that bucket, then at least I know I'm doing my job and I'm at least starting the conversation. So my whole point of it is I want 150 GPM at each nozzle. I want each hose line to be able to produce 150 GPM to meet NFPA 1710 standard. That way, if anything happens in a fire, those guys have 
the gallonage they need to put out the BTUs. Because GPM beats BTUs every day of the week. We all know this. But if it creates a little bit extra amount of work, then people are against it. And there's a way around it. And that's what we were talking about today. Uh, instead of having 100 PSI nozzles, let's switch to 75 PSI nozzles. Or let's switch to smooth bores. Let's move to smooth bores. I'm one thing at a time. One thing at a time. I'm telling How you. How much just, do nozzles cost? So if we invest thirteen hundred dollars a nozzle, changing them all out to low pressure fog nozzles. But you don't have to do that. Speaking with my good buddy and our guest that's fixing to come on, you can get those nozzles that we currently have adjusted to be seventy five psi. So we already have the nozzles. So let's just send a few in at a time, get them fixed, get them put on the 75 PSI nozzles. That way we can run 75 PSI at the tip instead of 100. More PSI equals more friction loss. And more nozzle reaction. And more nozzle reaction. So let's move to the lower lower PSI nozzles. Let's have the same 150 GPM that you're going to get from it with less or the same nozzle reaction that we have currently. So that takes anybody's argument away that they're going to get beat to death by increasing the pressure. Because currently, if we did that, and if you look at task force tips, um, GPM and PSI, little flippy-dilly. They have this card that they gave out to us, and and you can just move it around and see different lengths of hose lines, hose stretches, and different nozzles, and... Uh, different pressures, and you can figure out how much gallons. And, and if you use that at with the seventy-five psi nozzle, you'll get a hundred and fifty gpm flowing at one hundred twenty-seven pdp. And for those of you who are checking the math and 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 the standards and all that, and making trying to make sure that Cody's right, yeah, don't make that. Don't just take it for granted. Look that, it up. That one hundred fifty gallons per minute per line. What that what you're talking about is that standard actually says the first two lines pulled at a fire should total should flow a total of three hundred gallons per minute. Gallons so if you had an inch and three quarter pulled off and you're flowing one twenty five, then your two and a half for next line needs to be flowing enough to reach that three hundred. Exactly. So, so if you, if you but the fire service, we are creatures of habit. If it's worked once, that's what we go back to. We go back to our base level training. And and no matter what size of fire it seems that I've been on, uh, the first the first thing that gets deployed is the inch and three-quarter. It's the easiest hand line to maneuver around a fire. It's what we always grab. So it's the first thing that gets grabbed, even if there's big fire. And it's happened a lot. Let's talk about the arguments against it, though. So, okay, one, you're beating your personnel up. Two, uh, if there's big fire, why not just start off pulling the two-and-a-half right away? Uh, three. I know there's another argument out there, but I'm going blank right now. I'm, I'm sure there is, and I'm trying to come up with the answers to the arguments that my personnel are going to have at my department. That way, I can, you know, and it's and it's educating me, not just trying to help educate them, but it's also educating me and making me a better fireman, looking into this and doing the research about it. Oh, here's that other argument. Every fire I've been to before, the water's been great. The fire's been put out. We went home. Job was done. Well, I'll start with that argument first. Okay, but before you do, I just want to let you know that it's not just members in our department. I've heard from people on Twitter from other departments saying things like, well, we typically start our pressures at the pump at 100 PSI or 115 PSI and and go from there. And And if they need more, we can just radio in. Yeah, and that's the same thing we're hearing here, too. So people are doing it all over. Um, So, So I'll start with that one. 
uh, starting at a lower PSI and raising it whenever you get inside of a structure. Listen to how civilized Cody sounds, right? I'm telling you. See, look at my delivery here. Okay, don't don't focus on that. Focus on the message, Stephen. <laughs> okay, so let me let me beat that argument up. So, going into a structure with a with low gallonage on your hose line because you're running at a lower pressure. Uh, you don't want to beat your guys up. You want to make it easier for them to maneuver in there. Okay, I'm fine and dandy with that. It, it's a good argument. So your guys go in. They realize it's a no-shit moment. They didn't do the, the size up correctly. They get into a fire that's fixing to flash on them. What is the first thing that fails on a fire scene? Whenever One of the first things you do when you look up the NIOSH reports, your when you look up the line, the line of duty deaths, communication is the number one thing that breaks down. That was a joke, by the way. So your guys are in there, and you want them to radio to you to increase pressure when all shit's all hell's breaking loose inside the structure. So why not already have it set to where they're going to need it whenever they go in? That way, that communication can't fail you, as it has on so many, so many other fires. And people's lost their lives, and we're supposed to be learning from them losing their lives, and in, in, in the line of duty, and instead we're pretty much ignoring it and still doing the way we do things. So communication fails. So saying that you can go into a structure fire and radio in that you need more water, I, I'm not good with that. That's not good for me. As if you're my captain saying, "Oh, I'll just radio in if I need more water." No, things can change and change fast in a hurry. Someone can miss one thing. Not saying they're bad firemen. There could be good firemen and miss one thing, and then all hell can break loose in that structure fire, and then I'm already behind the eight ball giving them the water that they need. Or you can go in with the water you know you need, even if it's more. Even if it's more than you need, you can always put the fire out and then tell me to cut back pressure. I would hate for the fire to run you over while you're telling me that you need more pressure. Go in with with as much as you already with as much as you need and more. Then need more, not have it. Okay, so that's that, my argument for that one. Okay, okay. We're gonna beat up our personnel. We're gonna be really tired and not be able to work for as long as we okay. can. That, that's and, a good argument. And, and we, we have limited personnel. We have small department. We are a small department. Uh, we have a, a small department that assists us on our on our uh, fire scenes now. Thank goodness. And. Um, there's small apartments all across. 30 miles away, there's a small department, and they do the same thing we do. So how you negate that is to have an 100, G, or 100 PSI nozzle on your inch and three-quarter. You want to flow that right. You want to flow it to the manufacturer specification of 100 PSI. So, yes, you're going to have to pump it to 152 PSI to get the GPM that you need to overcome the friction loss. Or... You see and educate yourself that this is what we have to do, so let's move to something smaller, like a 75 PSI nozzle, where currently we're pumping at 115. All we have to do is increase the pressure 12 PSI to meet the 150 GPM requirement, or let's move to small pressure at 50 and go to smooth bores. Hey! It's a novel idea. It really is. And everywhere in the fire service that you look, I mean, you can look anywhere all over facebook all over twitter and all these departments that are doing it they're going back to smooth bores gpm beats btu mm-hmm. and fog nozzles have their place in the fire service they really do if you don't know why they started or how they started look up 
look up where fog nozzles were even, why they were created, and what their original purpose was was meant to be. A, a fog nozzle's original purpose was meant to be an indirect fire attack. It was never meant to be an interior fire nozzle. It was meant to reset the fire outside during transitional attack. You can have the broken stream that has assists in steam conversion, and you can knock the fire down with coordinated interior attack because you only got a short period of time after you reset it before it comes back to where it's at. So you reset it, you go in with an aggressive interior attack with a smooth bore, put the fire out. That's why it was created. And we've and it works. People are like, well, we've always used the fog nozzles, and it always works. Water will put out fire. It will put out fire. And I bet you all were thinking, man, I thought you said we were going to get in the smooth bore versus fog nozzle debate, and here we are going on about gallonage and all that. But guess what? Here we are. We're talking about it now. We're talking about it now. Yeah. I am a proponent of a, a smooth bore. Mm-hmm. I really am. And, and that will help the debate with people who say they're getting beat up by having increased pressure. Okay. Okay. So your personnel feel like they're getting beat on the hose line. They're they're losing the battle and they're exhausting themselves while they're on the hose line. Use a nozzle that's correct for the job. Use a smaller pressure nozzle as a, as a smooth bore or use a smaller pressure uh, lower pressure a lower pressure uh, apologies, a lower pressure nozzle fog nozzle. You know what I really like about the smooth bores? This is probably my favorite feature about them. So, my favorite vehicle in the world right now is a Toyota Land Cruiser. They're like, you know, the J-Series that you see across, you know, overseas. You don't see them here. They don't sell them here. Nobody has a need for them. We all want, you know, lane assist and air conditioning and like a stereo system all that. These Land Cruisers have almost nothing. It's purely mechanical parts. Anybody can work on it. Anybody can fix it. There's very few... You know, with a fog nozzle, it's not a Land Cruiser. Smoothbore is. There's very few moving parts. So yeah. if something goes wrong, it's easier to diagnose, and, and less can go wrong with a smoothbore. With a fog nozzle, eh. And when we, we test our hydrants every year. We test our hydrants. Yeah. You've seen the crap that Some comes of the out nasty of these hydrants. Shit. Yeah. I mean, just like, chunks of rust and sediment. and. Some of it is like the Red Sea, and the rest is like... Coffee and some of it is like a you know the chocolate river from Willy Wonka. Yeah, and it it has to go somewhere. It has to go somewhere first. It's got to go through your pump. So it going through your pump. It may or may not make it. Okay, so now it made it through your pump, and now you've got all this chunks of sediment that are going to clog up your fog nozzle. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't happen all the time, it, but there's a possibility for it to happen. Why haven't I heard of breakaway nozzles until like three days ago? I saw a video and it was crazy. They were doing, I forgot which company, they were doing Best a demo. of both worlds. Yeah. You know, your fog nozzle clogs up, you can break it apart, and now you got a smooth bore. I saw, I saw a video that uh, the Oath Keepers were doing. Yes, uh, that they that's were the same in. video. We're going next year. Okay. We're going to the Oath Keepers Conference in Ohio. You hear that, Oath Keepers? I told him. I already messaged him. I was like, hey, when you guys plan on doing this again next year, that way I can get the, me and Stephen can get the time off to go. And uh-huh. uh, they said, usually we do it about uh, end of September, 
beginning of October. We try to do it every year. That time. hey, that's for my birthday, so, so it'll work out great. Yeah, it's it's not it's not a bad price or anything either, and great group of guys, and it, I look forward to it. Anyway, the video is pretty cool. They yeah. showed a, a a fog nozzle clog up. I think they had like a medical glove or something. That's what it looked like. It looked like yeah, a, it looked like a medical glove. They were spitting through it. Yeah, and uh, he just snapped it off and kept flowing. Well, he actually, water. it's a twist off. It looked like he twisted it off. And then opened it up and shot it out. Yeah, like snapped it off. Yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> with uh, a few turns. Yeah, Task Force Tip though. Uh huh. They make a uh, breakaway nozzle. I think that'd be an easier sell than going straight to smoothbore nozzles because yeah. one of the f- <sighs> we do have a lot of guys that are super into Left for Life, and that's their whole whole big argument. And I've just started reading uh, never- Andy Fredericks. Uh, all of his articles that he's written over the years. Um, if you don't know who he is, he was a big proponent of going back to smoothbore nozzles, and and he's you know saying indirect fire attack doesn't work. Um, that uh, uh, you know direct attack is the way to go, and and I've only read a few articles, but this guy he 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 died in nine eleven, so unfortunately we don't get to hear from him anymore. But uh, I mean it's a big piece of work that he's got out there for us to read and i don't know why i haven't heard of it until until now like why do you got to ask questions about the status quo and before you start finding the voices of the fire service yeah um but i mean well that that i mean it comes i was the same way uh it just comes to the, the complacency side of it mm-hmm. as soon as soon as you start challenging the status quo just like you said Mm-hmm. Um, then you better start arming yourself with the knowledge and the facts because you're going to get opposi- opposition from people that don't know the facts, that only know this is the way we've always done it. Mm-hmm. And then you question them say, why? Why is this the way we've always done it? How can you prove to me that this is the right way of doing it? When all your excuse is you can't learn everything from a book, that that doesn't work for me. I, if I'm reading it in a book, and this is the way IFSTA this is the way fire caddies are, are teaching it now, and your method isn't in line with what they're teaching. I want to know why. Why do you choose to do it this way? Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying the books are the end-all, be-all yeah. of it. Water will put out fire, but I want to know why you're doing what you're doing. And if, a- and, and if you can't tell me why you're doing what you're doing, if you can't have an educated argument if you can, the only thing you got to go back on is, well, this is how we, this is just our way. This mm-hmm. is how we always do it. Then I'm going to challenge you. I'm a skeptic in a lot of things in life, and I love, I hate just hearing an explanation and accepting it. I, I need to go and research it. I'm, I was a fact checker before all these Snopes fact checking things popped up every time people put fake news on. I want to know is fake this news. true? Is this real? Um, and and go out and do the investigation and, and research myself and. I mean, my crew gives me shit for it a lot of times because they're like, you can't even ask him what he wants for dinner without him spending two hours researching all the different <laughs> options. <laughs> well, <laughs> and what would be best for the crew and all that. But yeah. you know, but that's what you got to do with stuff like this. Uh, I mean, read the book; uh, it's there for a reason. And if your department operates in a way that's different from the book, at least you know what is taught and what is being done, and you can try and you know, bridge that divide and figure out how it's separated and which way really works for, for that department, that area. And start and start questioning the status quo. Uh, don't get stuck in the middle and playing one way or the other. Just 
Just start questioning the status quo and fighting the fights that you need to. And the guest that we're fixing to put on, he's one that helped me with that probably more than anybody else. He he showed me how to and not to do certain things in the fire service. But anyway, when we get back, we'll have him on. And we're back. And we're back, guys. We'd like to introduce you to Gerald Johnston. Gerald? Hey, what's going on, everybody? I'm glad to be here. I've been giving them shit forever <laughs> to try to be on here. Keystone time. I yeah. I don't know what they're talking about. Gerald is, yeah, he, he's not drinking a Keystone. Yeah, I don't, I don't drink <laughs> at all. It's water in a blue can. <laughs> Close enough, anyway. <laughs> He's actually drinking like a frothy mochaccino of some yeah, sort. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what With I enjoy. Like stevia sweetener. Yeah, mm-hmm. yep, had to be. Yeah. So, Gerald, tell us about how you got in the fire service. All right, so all right, this is a beer story. Yeah, I'm a liar. I know you can call me out right now. Uh, oh man, it was uh, it was 2005, and me and some high school buddies were having a party at a friend's house and just being dumb young high school kids and we weren't drinking anything at all like that does that never happens in high school never no one does that i I do not support uh underage drinking no mom dad if you're listening no one has ever done that ever no it shouldn't to all the moms and dads out there they should not have amazing times that dumb shit happens exactly so, anyways, we're, we're just having this. We have a bonfire outside. Uh, we're just we're just having a great time, just hanging out. And uh, uh, one of the guys had found a flare. Right? Uh, he didn't say he didn't tell us where he got the flare until after this story that's about to happen happened. And right? nobody bothered to ask. No, no, of course not. It's just a flare. They shoot it off. Like, good this times. Is gonna, this is gonna be badass. Like this, we're just partying. Who cares, right? And, uh, well, he fires the flare off. Well, flare goes up, like, 50, 75 feet. And we're like, that's fucking awesome. So pretty. Woo! We're high schoolers. Who cares? Comes back down, does not go out before it hits the ground, bounces, like, three times, catches this huge fucking field on oh, fire. Oh, shit. And, uh... I mean, it, it. there was no wind that day, anything like that. I think the largest it ever got was maybe, like... 25, 50 square feet. But in the middle of the night, and then when your kids that have never seen a brush fire or anything, we're freaking the fuck out. <laughs> like, we're, we're running around, chickens with our heads cut off. We we had this hose, this garden hose that had this... Uh, How many the, feet? I, I don't know. Not enough. <laughs> but, uh, and it was not enough, because it had the spigot went into the ground while it was plumbed in with PVC. Dude grabbed it, runs with it, runs out of hose, rips the fucking spigot out of the ground. So now we don't even have a water hose to fight this thing. Uh, it's spreading fucking everywhere. So he runs to the shed, grabs like rakes and shovels, and we're just over this fence, like just beating this fire out with shovels, all that shit. And doing real work. Yeah, yeah we're, exactly. We were doing work. We didn't know what the you fuck didn't quite we know that you were actually fighting fire with hose <laughs> and rakes. Yeah. And we, we were doing all of that shit that everybody's so opposed to on wildland fire. <laughs> That's nowadays. right. And uh, we get the fire out. Of course, 
Fire department gets called, all of this. Best part of the story is his dad is a captain on the career department closest to this little town where we did this, right? And he's at work. He's on shift. Oh, man. Well, of course. Well, and all of our Y'all were drinking and shot a flare-off. That's right. Because <laughs> dad wasn't yep. home. That's right. Well, our keys are all taken up. There is nobody leaving from this here establishment, so we have to wait the whole night till the next morning when he gets home so he can talk to us about what we hmm. just did. Oh, of course. And uh, shows up the next morning, and, you know, it's just... Four stupid-ass teenagers, kind of hungover, not really because we were young and bulletproof, and he's just like, so what the fuck were you thinking? Like, honestly, how was that ever a good idea? Turns out, dude got the the flare from his grandfather's boat, right? Mm -hmm. It's a boat flare. Mm -hmm. No shit, it's going to (laughs) bounce. Fucking, it's made to go off over water. What the fuck? (laughs) Come on, man. (laughs) These were important. Details. We so might were fucked from the get go. Yeah. <laughs> he could have told us we might have made the right decision. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> Drinking underage and yeah, you know, yeah. whatever. <laughs> it was a good time though. Yeah. Good times, good stories afterwards. <laughs> it was fantastic. Well, funny thing is, is uh, he looks at us and uh, we're just think we're fucked. Like sheriff's deputies are gonna show up, like we're arsonists now, like we're, our lives are over. And he was just like, So what'd you think of it? They're like, what? Like, fighting fire. Like, come on, pussy. Like, tell me. Like, well, how was it? Like, what was it like? Dude, that was exhilarating. Like, the adrenaline and shit that happened, it was fucking amazing. Like, totally just opening up to this dude that we thought we were going to get in trouble to. And he was like, so is that something you think you'd be interested in? <laughs> and we're just kind of looking like, well, this turned around. <laughs> like, what is this dude talking about? Next thing we know... The county fire department were there interviewing, which we had to look the chiefs in the eye and tell them this dumbass story <laughs> of how we got. Yeah, remember when you them. responded to that field? <laughs> that was yeah, a, you remember that? <laughs> yeah, they already knew. <laughs> and uh, next thing we know, we're in the, we're in the rookie academy, and uh, that that's where my fire career started back in uh, 2005. You can't that's make that bad. shit up. Man. You know? See, that's that's awesome. That's a good story. Yeah, that was a great it. I lived it, and uh, you know, from there, I started off as probably the worst rookie that has ever existed in that department's history. Uh, <laughs> as long as you said that department, huh? As long as you say that department, because yeah. I got some, I got some ideas that would make a run for your money. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Which we've already talked about that in one of our previous yeah. episodes. Yeah. We delved into that a little bit, a little, little bit, uh, if you remember. You know, I. I I was uh, 17, 18 years old, and uh, just young, gung-ho, I loved it. I I loved everything about the fire service. I loved running the calls. Uh, But there was that immaturity factor. There there was uh, that young entitlement that through time and mentorship of yesteryear, they beat it the hell out of you. Like, I mean, it went away. Uh, You know, I... Uh, shit, I think I was two years in and wanted to be a company officer. Like, no, not even, like, there was no, like, reason for it. It was just, I was stupid and just thought I was at that level. And, uh, 
you know, I, I kept getting hit in the face with a wiffle ball bat and sent back down the hill, you know, like, no. You're being humbled. Yeah, you're, you're an idiot. Yeah. Don't do a, that. A slow, humble process. Yeah, yeah but, uh, you know, the, the, the damage was done. Uh, I made a lot of really dumb decisions when I was when I was a younger man on that fire department as a rookie. I, I made a really bad reputation for myself, but a terrible one, uh, something you just don't come back from. And uh, I'm sure there's other people that have lived that same thing. And uh, it ultimately ran me off of that fire department. Uh, it came to an end, uh, which um, around the same time I had, I had enlisted and decided I was going to go into the Army because fire service wasn't working out for me. I really I, I was in the fire academy at one time, but young and dumb and stupid and pissing a bunch of people off, so it wasn't working out. My evaluations weren't going well, so join the Army. Ship off. Uh, served almost, uh, almost a decade. Uh, did a lot of different things. Uh, did a tour over in Iraq in a, a short little stint in Afghanistan. Uh, on the same tour, it was kind of a really screwed up deal. I, uh, won't go too, dive too much into that because public podcast, all of that stuff. And, you know, the, the group I happen to be with, we pride ourselves in being the silent professionals. So Exactly. Uh, won't really talk a whole lot about that. I had I had a really good tour tour with a bunch of really great guys. I, I loved them, but we lost some. Uh, we had some really bad, uh, uh, really bad times over there. Some some shit went sideways, and uh, lost a few really good friends. Uh, came back from that and decided that my my stint being active duty in the military was over. Uh, I didn't know what I was going to do with myself. Uh, one of the retention people was like, well, don't let it in here, man. You're so many years in. Like, don't fucking, just don't let it end. Uh, go somewhere else. And, you know, going to the reserves, going to the National Guard, something. And, uh, you know, that, <coughs> I, di- I did it. I went into the reserves. Didn't know there wasn't combat arms in the reserves. <laughs> Had no idea at the time. Uh, I think I... I went from that that level that status of things, and I took like a food service manager's job in in the reserves, and I was like a staff sergeant for them. You know, I, I'd made E six previously, and then they were like, "Well, this is your opening. You you can have that." Like, yay! Uh, did that for four years. Totally different culture. I, I'm not going to be a, a reserve or a national guard hater. Uh, not gonna do it. They, I'll they, be that guy. Them boys, are, <laughs> them boys are different. Uh, they have to live their their civilian life and then uh, occasionally get to play military, play yeah. army, all that stuff. That if it works for them, great, whatever. But uh, it sure as shit was a culture shift, shock for me, and I, it did not work out for me. Whatsoever. So as a, as a fellow veteran and a yeah. fellow army veteran, yeah, and a fellow NCO. Mm-hmm. You you go into the reserve unit, yeah, and you're used to fucking people up. Oh yeah, like yeah, they 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 mess up, and you just you fucking make them go get a rock or something. Yeah, like, you, you fuck them up. Right. Did you have that same thing when you went to the reserves? Oh man, it it was insane. Could you it, still kick ass? No, no, that's not, what I figured. Not, no, like you you walk in and it's just like, hey man, we don't do that here. 
Yeah. Like, there's no reason to be that serious. This isn't that serious. I was like, war's pretty fucking serious. <laughs> I, I don't know if you've noticed or anything like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, have you checked the calendar in a while? Watched news, something? <laughs> yeah, anything? I don't fucking know. Like, <laughs> and, no, you, you couldn't. Uh, it was like uh, white gloves came on. And... You know, you you went to chew somebody's ass, and I mean, this was stuff that built you into the warrior you were. I mean, this was the, that was the shit you learned from wall to wall counselings, hitting the sand pit. I mean, all of that stuff, like dealing with real warrior shit. To you can't do any of that shit. Like no. we don't we don't do that here. Okay, like that's assault. Like you'll go to jail. <laughs> like what the fuck are you talk? What? Yeah. When, when did this become whatever this is? <laughs> so it sounds like the yeah. advice that guy gave you yeah. didn't quite pan out. No, it didn't. No, uh, I hated it. As a matter of fact, as an NCO, there, my like my last day there, my last day there, and I was just like, it was like deployment all over again, like one in a wake up, like I'm out of this bitch, like see y'all later. Yeah. Um, but I tried not to disconnect too hard. And, like, tried to still be the NCO and, and be the professional I was made to be till the end. But I walked by this soldier, brand new out of basic, and she wasn't wearing her cover. Like, big thing, you just wear your fucking cover. Exactly. Like, come on. Like, yeah. it's simple shit. You're in a uniform, there's a standard. Where the that, that, that means where... I'm going to ask, yeah, hold that, on, let me yeah, ask. Okay. okay, so what is a cover, and why do you have to wear it? Okay, it, it's your hat. Basically, oh. in civilian term, you're, you're, and it was still beret when you were in, correct? Yeah. Uh, Did y'all switch to PCs? I think they were wearing PCs at the they time. They wore massive yeah. computers on their heads. Yeah. A PC yeah. is your patrol cap. Patrol cap, <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, wasn't wearing a ca- cover, man. And like I, I look at her, and I was just like, where's your cover? And, you know, I'm not even getting on to her at this point. Like, I've, I've had my ass chewed for, like, not having it on the third step out of the door coming out of the PX. It was by, insane. By a random first sergeant. Exactly. They, just, they could be in yeah. civvies and come fuck you yeah, up. Yeah, like, you fucking piece of shit. Like, what is wrong with you? You shit I've on America. It. I've done it. <laughs> like, I, every time you walk out of this bitch without a cover on, you punched a bald eagle in the face. A little side story. A little side story. I'm getting out of my truck at the PX on the phone. I take two steps, and a female E6 comes over and eats my ass while I'm on the phone with my wife. Here we go with the eating the ass part again. (laughs) I'm telling you, G, and I I learned right quick in a hurry that there's some things you don't do. And forgetting your cover is not one of them. That is one one of them. You don't do that. And, you know, it it was just common sense. Well, uh, the little lady looked at me and said, you're not my NCO. And just walk the fuck off. Ooh, just like... That sense of entitlement. And right I was there. just like, son of a bitch. And, and I was like, wait a minute, one and wake up. Not my problem. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man, uh, that would, I would hate that. Uh, that would have killed me. Man. I will beat you to death with the brim of my hat. <laughs> <laughs> I would have run you over. I would have gotten in my car and run you over on post, and the sergeant major would have been like, why'd you just do that? And I would tell him, and he would yeah. be like, okay. <laughs> good for you. Yeah. Like, good job. Yep. You're keeping the army safe. You are. <laughs> by God, demons. don't you forget that PT yeah. bill. <laughs> but, uh, you know, throughout my time uh, with the particular, getting back on the subject, whatever, and I'm just going to make my own tone here. Mm-hmm. Take uh, off. Take off, right? Um, 
Uh, throughout my time in the military, because of who I was with, um, we ended up with a lot of free time and shit like that. And I still had that passion for the fire service. And some of my duty stations that I had along the East Coast, you know, volunteer fire departments are very prevalent. And they're always looking for good guys. And uh, a lot of the volunteer departments, especially centered around bases and stuff like that, they they love the military guys. Yeah, yeah we'll take them. We'll take them for a short time because usually they deploy or something like that. And I had a lot of really good experiences, like in Virginia, uh, Kentucky one time, I think Florida, Florida another time. <coughs> and it was very short stance. I never really ran a lot of calls with them, but I trained with them, got issued gear, stuff like that. But... Uh, it was a good experience because you got to experience something outside of the confines of where you were originally taught uh, exactly. fire service. And, uh, you know, fast forward, I, I, I'm done with all of that. I'm in the reserves. And I, it, there's kind of an overlap there, but I had to tell you the Army story to get to some of this. When I was still in the reserves, I the county directly south of the county that I fucked everything up in and was just a hated fucking piece of shit and one little side story to that like I used to get blamed for shit I didn't even do you were that guy I was that guy you were that guy when something was fucked up they were like well fucking Gerald did it yeah Gerald fucking did it (laughs) like I was off the department for six months and like ran into this dude and like uh they were still blaming you. Of course. Yeah, of course I do it. <laughs> Time muted or whatever we're going <laughs> to disguise, disguise names as, you know, grocery store. I'm in the grocery store and he's like, hey, I heard you caught engine one on fire this weekend. And I was like, yeah, that's fucking weird because I haven't been on your department in like six months. <laughs> <laughs> you were the scapegoat forever. <laughs> yeah. They're probably still blaming you for shit. <laughs> like, why'd you wreck this fire truck? Well, Gerald fucking pulled the wheel and they're like, fucking Gerald, man. Fucking One Gerald. time, Gerald, I remember six years ago, Gerald started the loosening the fucking lug nuts on the engine. <laughs> <laughs> That's what happened. I don't think he ever tightened them back. Yeah, yeah. that son of a bitch. Yeah. Not that we should have truck checked him. I didn't see a torque now. wrench in his hand. Uh, Do we even have a torque wrench? Yeah. <laughs> but uh, went to that county and it was a uh, it was a fresh start. It was uh, I had the time I I had the dedication and I I started with them and they were they were kind of in a transition phase from they had just been shut down as a combination fire department as one entity and uh, they started as a new entity uh, they renamed restructured. Uh, uh, they hired a retired chief from the career department. Uh, the city basically straddles both of the counties, and it's yeah. large, 180,000 people. If you can do research, you can find out what the fuck I'm talking about. Or <laughs> um, the Panhandle of Texas, by the way. Yeah, if in the you pan- haven't yeah, known. Yeah, yeah, in the Panhandle of Texas, we'll just we'll just keep being secret. It's like Springfield from fucking <laughs> Simpsons. Like, where is it? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, anyway, they they hired a retired uh, deputy chief to be their fire chief, and uh, they started all anew. And it was a new professional beginning for a volunteer department that really didn't have the structure before. And uh, and you know, it, it was amazing. Uh, I uh, that chief. Uh, was a big mentor of mine for a really long time, really helped me out in the fire service, correct a lot of the issues that I had had and still carried over. Um, uh, and continued to mentor me and was very patient with me, especially with my transition time from the military. Uh, 
was very supportive of the the mental health counseling and stuff like that that you know uh, veterans like you and I had to go through yeah after some of the the things we experienced and uh, he he just made me a damn good fireman and uh, that that relit the fire of that I wasn't going to be a failure in the fire service and it just started from there, and uh, I worked with them. I, I, there, nothing was ever good enough. I always wanted to be at the fire department. I always wanted to be that guy they could rely on, and I'd like to feel that I was. You know, I, I met uh, my other captain. I'll say his name because I don't know, Captain Back. He, yeah. he was an amazing cat, and you know, he taught me a there's, lot. There's no problems with shoutouts. Yeah, and. Uh, you know, he, he really molded me and, and uh, grew me into what I am today and never, I mean, never squashed me, never, uh, he always supported the betterment of me mm-hmm. and the betterment of the department. I well, mean, he, and he took the time, yeah. too. A lot of guys yeah. can just ride a guy off, uh-huh. you know, off the bat right there. I'm not going to fuck with this guy. Yeah. Let's watch him screw up. And uh, the the horrible thing is, is they could have listened to the rumors, and that's, that's what that I, that's other what I department would have said. It. Let's be honest they yeah. they at yeah. this other department, yeah, they contacted the other department. Oh yeah, they knew they had they they yeah. did. It's a, it's a small little yeah. tight knit community. Everybody here knows everybody else. We yep. do, we do. Yep. And communication gets brought about. Hey, how was this guy? How was this guy? Yep. So you know they did that, and with him. Even hearing those negative rumors about you, yeah, still gave you the shot that he gave you. Yeah, that's amazing. He was yeah. like, because in the fire service, we do that too often. Yeah. we'll hear, oh, this guy over at AFD, you know, he's he was a turd, and yep, we get him, and he's a good dude. Yeah, solid. Yeah, you got to take them for how you perceive them, how you how they come across to you. Outside of all these other things that you've heard, yeah. reminds me of my favorite movie where Eric Marsh, the guy over in uh, with in the Grand Mountain Hot Shots, whenever he yeah 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 decided to take on Donut, despite yeah. him having yeah. a sordid past yeah, and uh, Donut turned out to be a pretty damn good fireman yeah and from it all it, from the way the the movie portrays and stuff I, I yeah I don't know the I real know, story I don't know man I I you know. People deserve second shots. Exactly, they they really do. And people grow up. Yeah. People mature, yeah. and, that, and with my with my equipment operator that I have yeah. below me, my my junior equipment operator, yeah. my former senior your fireman, your former senior senior fireman, he gave me a lot of shit. We had him on. He, he on used to be a turd. Two. He yeah. used to be a turd. He really did. And when he, when I was a fireman, and he just left, he left for a bigger department, and I couldn't stand that little bastard. But you know what? Even but though now it's in my equipment operator, I love that guy. Yeah. He is a great fireman now. I think he is. He still talks a lot of shit. He does. But, uh, he does. But but you know his heart's in the right his place. His heart is in the right place, and and he loves the fire service. And he loves learning. And what more can you ask yeah. for from a fireman? Exactly. He's just, he he is a good cat. Huh? I He's mean, I'll give cat. him shit still. Uh, but you know, well, we all bust each other's balls. Oh, man, it's that, it's the fire it's service the family, man. But I'm telling you, that that dude, I'm going to hate it when he leaves. Yeah. I hope he doesn't. Yeah. Who knows? Maybe it'll work out, man. Maybe it'll, 
Maybe I we'll hope they don't like him. I'm, I'm making calls saying he's a fucking idiot. You don't want no. this guy. He's a piece of shit. No. Fuck him. No. Just so he stays. <laughs> no, I would never do that to him. I know you got to better your family and you got to better yourself. Well, I mean, so. if it's if it's better for him, that's you I'm, know, I'm with I mean, him. And we know we're a stepping stone department. Like we've yeah. come to terms with that. We're a place you come. A lot of we're going to change that, Stephen. I know yeah. we want to. Yeah, want to stay here. We want to make this place somewhere you can be proud of, despite it being a small town or or yeah. not having much to do or whatever. We want to be a premier fire department because you're yeah. going to run the calls here. Oh it's, yeah, it's you're going to run the fires. You're going to run the calls. Yeah. It's just that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. You can't go to a bigger department and do what we do here. No. Nah, I mean, shit, man. Half I've the, said it once yeah. on an episode. Yeah, half the time you're bet. you're listening to other places run calls, and you you just happen to be that one unlucky station that day, and you're just like, I All couldn't right, do that. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. It'll kill you. Yeah. Or go to a call and turn a hydrant on and be like, well, my job's done. Yeah, like good job, I, everyone. Yep. The system works. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I couldn't do that. <laughs> yeah, like engine 13's on scene. Level one staging. <laughs> You're going to turn to service. Fuck me. Damn it. I don't want to do that. I want to play. And you still see smoke showing. But here, here everybody gets to fight. And I love that. And that's what keeps me here. I can't. I could go some other department that pays more or whatever, a bigger Mm -hmm. department, just right across the road over here. But I can't. I can't make myself leave. I love the people at my department and in my community. And the guys are what make it for me. Yeah. I I love you guys. I'm telling you, but oh, you know, that's a, a I'm serious. I'm serious though. This that's what so keeps sweet. people. That's what keeps yeah. people in a fire department. That's true. That that that's a perfect segue. Uh, the, the way I felt about the department I left to come to. The city you guys work in. Here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Gerald was a, fi- a career fireman here at our city. Yep. And then he became a salesman. And uh, to find out more, yeah, he did become a salesman. Yeah. We are going to stop right here. Break time, break. guys. Ha! Yo, are you recording? Is this working? That was a great burp. Awesome. What? Awesome. There Fucking we go. Great. Fucking great. Hey guys, we're back. That's right. And now that I've lost the audience because they confess that I'm a scumbag salesman. Scumbag salesman. Well, it's yeah. true, isn't it? I know. Well, I don't want to take away from your story because I want you to tell it, but I want to give my little two cents on it. Okay. Here's what happened. Here's what I see that happened. Should, should I finish my backstory before we get into that? Like, no, we, we got like, we to gotta address your salesman first. I know, and it's a hard thing. <laughs> like... I, they want to know. I'm they want to know why we're sharing beer with you. <laughs> Look at them backing yeah, yeah, away from yeah. the issue right that's now. Right. That's, like, right. that's right. Hold on. Hold on. I, Let me uh, we're, in, right. we're in fucking AA right now. <laughs> I'm right. Gerald. I'm a salesman. I'm a salesman. <laughs> so we had a project where we were getting a new ladder truck. And Gerald grabbed a hold of this like a bulldog and took off with it. And he did so well getting us a fucking truck. $1.2 million ladder truck. That the truck manufacturer hired his ass from us. <laughs> they stole him away from us. How many times have you heard of that happening? Uh, I have never heard it. This uh, was the only time. You know, uh, it, it's true. Uh, uh, the particular dealer in the state of Texas that sold this particular brand of truck... Uh, 
They did. They uh, after everything was done because that they're a very reputable company, man. I couldn't ask to work for a better employer. Uh, they're they're straight shooters, but they're honest people, and that's hard to associate with salesmen. So don't fucking beat me up too bad on social media <laughs> after this. But uh, you know, for somebody to, to to take a job with a company after their particular entity had purchased equipment from them that could be deemed as a conflict of interest and uh you know that couldn't that couldn't be further from the truth that you know there's other um dealerships out there that uh even made that claim after what transpired transpired but uh you know that's that's not what happened it was months later i was talking to them about some warranty service and things we were doing uh, they were asking me for an update on the ladder truck how everybody liked it and i was like man it's working out great we love the damn thing uh we're just hoping to get a crew one day to staff it so it can actually do its real job exactly and uh but just because of the small city you know we we, we struggle with personnel just like anybody else and uh if we need the ladder truck it doesn't go out you know, first out, it's people getting called in, yeah, and then having to staff it. it. Yeah. yeah, and that sucks. That sucks for that thing because that's a hell of a truck. It uh, is, and you know, re- anyway, uh, the way that all that all transpired and came to be was months later. They were uh, the particular guy I was talking to, the the scumbag salesman, the the me that lives down there in the the, the bigger metroplex. Um, he was like, man, we just got to get somebody out in West Texas, somebody out in West Texas, somebody to cover the panhandle. We just don't have anybody out there, man. I'm, I'm covered up. I can't, I can't do it all. There's only one me. There's only one me. And, you know, he, he'd said that several times while we were going through the process, but I didn't care about their excuses. I always did my due diligence. I, I didn't prefer one brand over the other just because they took out the biggest ad in a magazine or this or that or the other, you know. It was it was about the specs of the truck, the truck that was going to work for our city. And, you know, we were pretty aggressive in the truck that we asked for. You know, we wanted a platform as opposed to a straight ladder. Uh, we wanted a quint as opposed to a, a true truck. All this stuff. Those are very complicated machines. They're, they're big beasts. And, you know, you can... You can overread some stuff in a spec and really get screwed on the back end on what you purchase. And that's a huge thing for us to even be looking at a $1.2 million ladder truck as the entity that we were. And, you know, are we getting the most bang for our buck? And, you know, there was a couple other manufacturers out of there. There was one that was a really good contender. And they make one hell of a ladder truck. I mean, a fantastic ladder truck. It's, you know, three-to-one safety ratio. Anybody who knows anything, if there's some truck committee guys out there, you probably know exactly who I'm talking about. And uh, it's Sutphin. I'll just fucking say it. Yeah. But, but uh, fantastic ladder truck. They well, do. Well, if you gave them a shout-out, you got to give you a shout-out. Well, uh, eventually we'll get there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but... No, they they did. They they made a great ladder truck, but because of the 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 restrictions that we had and the building that we had and the things that we had to do to make a ladder truck fit, they were too tall. And we would have had to sacrifice the climbing ladder just to get the bucket. And that was 
that was a no-go. We couldn't do it. We couldn't make that sacrifice. And what he means by too tall is we had a station. We, we run out of a station. It's a historic building. It's a, yeah. a historic yeah. landmark. Yeah. So and, there's, and we know there's guys out there that y'all probably have the same problem is your station is one of the – it's a pretty old station. It's got a lot yeah. of history behind it. It does. So it becomes a, 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 a landmark – and it was built for smaller apparatus, and apparatus are getting taller every day. Taller, wider, oh man, there's heavier, a lot heavier. We yeah. got the truck, and we had to also lower our floor. Just yeah, to we had to f- modify our station. We couldn't modify the outside of it due to the historic landmark, but yep. Yep. we could modify the floor in order to get the damn thing to fit in. Yeah, we dropped it nine and a half inches just to fit the the current truck that we we ended up purchasing, and. Uh, you know, there was another competitor out there that had an identical truck, identical to the one that we purchased, and uh, on paper. Yeah. And, uh, you know, that was one of the things we found in fact-checking. And unfortunately, this particular manufacturer, we had already purchased some pumpers from. And, uh, you know, I'm, the reason I, I'm being so ambiguous with this is because we're a company that believes in being gentlemen. Okay, we, I'm not going to talk bad about my competition because everybody makes a good fire truck. Okay, they make a new fire truck. A new fire truck is going to be a good fire truck. It's just whether you can take care of the damn thing after you sell. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the, the major thing with me is what is what with your company was yeah. the customer service. Yes, it's service after the sale because everybody makes fire trucks and they use all the same parts and pieces, and it's yeah. the same manufacturers for every different little thing that you put on this fire truck. Yeah, and what it comes down to after you buy is the customer service correct and that was the biggest selling point for me mm-hmm. whenever we were looking at this ladder truck was yeah. the customer service they that your company provides correct they weren't going to leave you high and dry after you purchased yeah. no and you know we've been left high and dry on those two pumpers and they were just they were falling apart they weren't holding up to the age we needed them to hold up to and you know it was an easy choice i mean that truck was twenty thousand dollars cheaper than the truck we purchased but it was an easy thing because on paper, it had one-inch smaller lift cylinders. It had one size, and there's several size cables that go into an aerial ladder. But their their cables on their ladder were one size smaller than the ones that were on the one we purchased. So, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that it was – it almost looked like cut corner shit. Yeah. And there was a reason that truck was cheap. But, you know, uh, the old adage of – Whatever. Look, guys, every company that sells a fire truck has to be profitable. They have to. For me to have a job, for for the other it's 80, a business. Plus, 80 plus people that have jobs at this company I work for, we have to be profitable. We have to keep our doors open. We can't give shit away. And exactly. I'm sorry that things cost the, the, the way they cost, but, you know, that's not driven just by the dealership. That can be driven by the economy, everything else. And, I mean, you just have to be fluent with that stuff and you have to look at all of the bigger picture and you know there's some other competitors out there that you know their shit's sky high but it's not because you're getting a better quality truck i mean you need to do your research you need to do your due diligence and make sure that you're getting everything for that dollar amount you're spending regardless of what brand you prefer and i mean i prefer the, the brand that gives me a hat 
Yeah, that, that's true. <laughs> that's a running yeah. joke with Cody over <laughs> yeah. here. Yeah, and that's, that's, a, that's a running joke between me and Joe. Yeah, yeah so, so, something we struggle with. <laughs> providing hats. You gave, you gave me a hat. Yeah. All is well. I, I all finally is well gave now. you a hat. Did the ladder really? truck, the ladder truck will do its job now you gave me a hat. When did right. you get a hat? Yeah. Oh, man. Well, let me tell you how far Don't this worry, extended. Don't worry, I have a hat for you. This guy would like... Cody would message people from the company and be like, hey. Hey, that, that's a cool truck. I wish I had a hat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but any... Sorry to get lost on that tangent of whatever. Oh, yeah. oh man, I'm sorry. He, he's I'm he's an all right guy despite being a salesman. Yeah, but exactly. I, I love what I do. I'm still in the fire service, but now, you know, a part of my passion... I. I'm still a firefighter today, and that will always be my biggest passion in life, but a part of my passion is making sure that I can give people the most bang for their buck for the equipment that they need for their firefighters to be safe and something that will serve their community for the duration of time with the support they deserve. And, you know, I mean... And you yeah, do a hell of a job of it. I, I really try. But and I'm going to pat ourselves on the back here. We have one listener. He's a truckie, and... Yep. If he's still listening, I bet we have more than one. Yeah. Well, but I'm talking about just this one. Okay. And I want he he reached out, out to, to tru- us. Shout out to the truckies yeah. out there. Well, and shout out to this one particular truckie who said, as long as we didn't get into the business of selling things on our podcast, we'd do all right. Yeah. And we just talked about and with a salesman about yeah. sales. And we didn't sell shit. Did we, we didn't sell a goddamn thing. <laughs> yeah. So like I was being nice. I even mentioned a competitor's name. So you but know you what? still didn't mention yeah. yours. Who are you? Oh gosh, Come on. we're gonna compromise I, that shout out. I wanna yeah, I want I can't, man. <laughs> no, you have to. I can't do it. I can't do okay, it. Okay, well you might not be able to, but I can. You can do it on a few I will give you the ability to do it on a future podcast. You can do it on the next one. You can okay. tell them who okay. I was with. I'll I'll do that con I don't want it to come from me. I didn't Well it didn't come from you. Okay. It Maybe. come from me. Okay. And it rhymes with Martin Peel. <laughs> so figure it out. Yeah. Do your homework, guys. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they might have a factory in like Michigan and South Dakota and do <laughs> yeah. We've given you a lot of hints now. Yeah. So you should, you anything. should figure it out. Yeah. 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 But they, yeah. they do, they do provide an awesome apparatus. Uh, truck one for us is a great tool to have. So, and, and we use it at probably one of the biggest fires we've had in a long time. But you know, everybody makes a good ladder truck. Just like you said. Yeah. And the, the biggest yeah. selling point for us though, was the customer service that your company provides. Mm-hmm. And it, it sounds like common sense. I mean, if you yeah. want to retain customers and you want them to continue buying stuff from you, you should be involved with them even after the sale. And I think a lot of companies in a lot of different industries forget that. Oh, yeah. No, and, and, and it can be regional-based. I mean, there's some places that just don't have the representation for their product that they, you know, they may make a fantastic product, but they don't have the representation. Yeah. They don't have the service after the sale. And that's ultimately why places have done business with who they do business with is because their stuff's taken care of and they're satisfied. And I've never once walked into a fire department and tried to sell them anything when they were happy. Yeah. Because why? So I cannot live up to that standard and make them hate me and hate my product? No. I mean, it's not a true representation. So. Yeah. But anyway, 
<laughs> can we transition? Okay, so back can, away, can from, the, away from the salesman. Yeah. Now back to being a firefighter. <laughs> Thank you. This is a firefighting podcast, isn't it? Yeah, it is. yeah. Let's let's take off this hat that <laughs> they sells fire apartment. apparatus. It's fire service. Yeah, it's, yeah. it's related. In, yeah, yeah. 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 It, it was my backstory. That's yeah. what happened. But take the take that that hat off and throw it in the corner, and I'll put my fireman hat <laughs> Wait, back on. Fucking I don't have a salesman. Hat. Oh, I'll get you one. No. Fucking salesman. Yeah, no piece of shit. <laughs> Fucking quiz. <laughs> I'm in a quiz. <laughs> Fucking quiz. And by the way, that's that's a that's a movie reference to a wonderful movie that we all love. Mm-hmm. The Departed. Yeah, The, the Departed. Great movie. I love Matt it, Damon. Yeah, that was one of the. He said that if you guys have seen the movie, this is also fire service. First five right? minutes. Yeah, first five minutes plays a rugby match. He's on NYPD squad. Rugby for you. There yeah. you go. Yeah. Boston PD. Don't you get them confused? Boston. Massachusetts. No, he was Massachusetts State Police, wasn't he? He was. Yeah, that's right. Okay, that's right. the agencies mixed Whoa. up, but they went after. They played against the Boston Fire Department, and they got their asses handed to them. That's right, because firemen are fucking better than cops. That's right. You know, Suck it. At everything. Everything. Sorry, Officer B. <laughs> Yeah, we love you, bro. But <laughs> we love you, bro. But come on, and fucking that, fireman. Yeah, we don't even associate with fire marshals because you carry guns. Yeah, you're you stay stay where you're at, Department Seventeen. <laughs> anyway, a little specific there. Anyway, back to your back no, to your. But uh, anyway, we're, zooming we're, back out. Yeah, zoom back out from the the. Incoherent, whatever that was, that hey, we which love tends it. to be a staple on our yeah. podcast. We love it, and if you're listening to it, you love it too. So, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I go to the county I'm at now, and uh, I mentioned the captain from earlier, and he really helped me out, really helped shape me and steer me. Uh, I ended up as a really a, a company officer in training, an acting uh, company officer, uh, and. You know, I was learning a lot. I was learning a ton. I was getting to to ride the engine as the officer. I was getting to make the decisions. It's kind of like the step up that that you guys uh, constantly do. Yes. And uh, you know, it was a great experience for me, and I, I learned a hell of a lot. And you know, it was something that you know, as a younger, stupider version of me, always thrived for, but hadn't earned. And then. I came to a new department, really solidified myself as a person to be relied on, and then uh, he had a really weird look on his face. He had a seizure. <laughs> and, uh, I had a dip in my mouth, and I had a burp from the beer that I just drank, and they're trying not to make a messy he situation. Uh, so. I, thought he, I thought I was going to have to do my job. Man. It was he like... Looked, uh, yeah. He looked a little post-dictal the there. Yeah. Post-dictal. <laughs> I thought, uh, I, no, I think that was more like the aura before you go into a full-on seizure. Yeah, I think that's, yeah. that was yeah, that it. Yeah. Good, okay, good. Uh-huh. I don't know. But I fought it off. So. Good, good job. Thank you. I'm proud good of you. Good job. Yeah, hey. Like, that works. The listeners are like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but anyways, so I, I'm continuing on. I'm doing all of this stuff. Well, I decide that it's time to quit. Quit screwing around. I, I think at the time I was working for a like horizontal drilling company. I don't even want to talk about that. That sucked. He was in the oil patch. Yeah, like working pipeline stuff. It's stupid. And you guys do it cool. Whatever. Don't care. That's stupid. <laughs> but uh, you just pissed off a lot of oil field workers. Yeah, yeah, sorry, guys. But uh, no, made a lot of really good money, and I put myself into a really good financial standpoint where I was going to go after my fire certifications. I, I was done doing. 
what I had to to get by. It, it wasn't about money. It was about my passion. My passion was the fire service. I loved it. I loved being at the fire station. I loved doing everything, working on the fire trucks, learning about the fire trucks. Cleaning the toilets. Cleaning the, and yeah, mopping I'm, the floors. Well, it was all part of it. Yeah, I mean, it was part of the job. I mean, that's your pride. Like, your station is a representation of your crew. And, like, if that shit's dirty, like, your crew sucks. Yeah. Pretty much. And, like, my shit was always on point. I was learning and all that stuff. Bam. Like, did it. Did the whole SFFMA transfer from to TCFP, uh, challenged all my skills, did all my tests, challenged the state test, good to go. In that meantime, I tested for your department, the this department. And uh, I was the only one that passed the written exam, the only one. Like, had no competition for the physical agility. It was I really remember. crazy. Yeah. <laughs> like, and like, here's the, the, the one guy. How many people applied? With you, uh, wasn't there? There was like fifteen or something like that. Ten mm-hmm. showed up to test, and I was the only one. As a matter of fact, your your now rookie tested with me at that time. Yeah, like we both tested at the yeah. same time. He was he was saying that how yeah. he was trying to convince you to come over and test, and y'all finally come over. And, yep. Yeah. Yeah, he sucks at tests. Oh, dude, he's horrible. At he's got te- test anxiety bad. Yeah, test anxiety, but. Uh, you know, he, he worked on that department, but he, he was a paid guy. I was a volunteer. And, uh, you know, he, he was always one of the best firemen I ever knew. Uh, and he continues to be one of the best firemen I've ever known. And he's just a solid dude. He knows what he's doing. He knows how to fight fire, and he's a fucking bull in a china shop. He will, he'll walk across burning decks. To get the job done. Yeah, he stole a fire from, from your rookie. He yeah. did, and I was very disappointed with my rookie. My rookie yeah. was a first-in firefighter, first-in firefighters on the attack line. They make entry. Yeah. Oh, he stole it. Yeah, but I was he, there. Yeah, but he's a pussy. didn't fucking grab the nozzle from this motherfucker, and he's a nozzle-hogging son of a bitch. And I'm talking – you know who I'm talking about right now. We're trying to get him on the podcast. He doesn't want to be on the podcast. I think it's We're a front. We're going to get him on there. I think it's a front. Yeah. It's a front. But anyway – No, no. Let me stick up for my rookie, though, because yeah, I'm very proud no, of my Go rookie. ahead. Okay. No, you need to. I'm going to stick up for my rookie right now. Stick up for him. This kid – is super passionate, wants to know everything about the fire service. And that's awesome. But he comes from a background that has no experience with the fire service, like so many of us. And after I thoroughly grilled him about not making entry on that fire in that restaurant, he told me I didn't want to step on anybody's toes. What? And I told well, I, I'll I'll tell you a little backstory about that, and I understand that's, why. That's the, your yeah. fire. Well, I'll, I'll I'll say this, and you can say I think you and I are on the same line, uh, line of thought here. The reason he said this is because he came in and he's been talked to so many times to shut the fuck up and listen. And so now he's like, well, well shit, no, I can't. I'll I shut can't, ear open. You know, you you're know, the rookie. You so. Now now he's a rookie, and he's like, he doesn't want to step on anybody's toes or piss anybody off. But uh, but I know why he did it though, and here's why. As we were coming on duty, B shifts coming on duty, I come on duty, and fucking my fireman's late. And this fire oh happened at shift change. Oh, my God. Yeah, he, he slept in. I call him at like 645, and I say, where the fuck you at? He's, usually he's there super early. He's, he's the so earliest I mean, You're arrival. still trying to get him there on time. Yeah, so I call him. He's like, oh, I mean, shit. Regardless, I mean, he's still late. 
Yeah, but I mean, he he got there on time, technically on time. But yeah, but the he's an overachieving piece of shit. And, the call yeah. for the structure fire coming at six fifty. His apparatus had left him, and he showed up in the bay so, and threw his bag down and started throwing on, looking for his contacts to put it in. He was. We were it's about crazy. to pull out for the structure fire, and he comes running up to the front of the engine. I said, fuck you. You're late. We're leaving. I got a fireman. You took my rookie. I, yeah, I took your rookie. So I take off. He hops in the ladder truck and meets us there. Uh, right as soon as I start you know, pulling lines and everything, he shows up in the ladder truck. And that's why I can see where, where your rookie decided. He grabbed the line. Yeah, your rookie was like, okay, I'm not technically on duty here. It's his fire, oh. so I'll yeah. let him take he it. He heated the right he did. away. He oh. heated the right away. But he, he lost his coin. He did. He didn't get a coin what that day. Idiot. So our department, like, you, get, on. you get cha- I understand why he did it. You get a challenge coin when you make your first entry and you compose yourself well and you do your job. Well, this was his perfect moment. He's been waiting for a fire. No, he's, he's been, been waiting, waiting for the man. challenge he's coin. He's chomping at the bit. And yeah. he doesn't even really care about the challenge coin so much as having something, you know. Make it interior and that's your it, first one. Dude, it was your benchmark. That is your, like, yep. that's what everyone looks for, their first interior fire. Like, that was his benchmark. Like, to say, I checked it off the list. That Wow. Yeah. But he's being, a, he's being a rookie, oh, and he was timid, man. and this is my fireman, and... It's yep. his fire, so he he gave it up. Yeah, and I can't I can't get mad at him for any no. of that. No, um, you can't. But I've just ingrained it in his head now that if he if he's gonna have to fight for the nozzle because other people are gonna come in and try to take it. So no. you got to stand your ground. Exactly. You got to mask up quick. You got to be ready. No, the fi- you're the guy. You know what? The firefighter that took it from him. All you got to do is like point behind him, and then be like <laughs> something shiny, and then he'll be like what. And just run inside That's your gold you the nozzle. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. my fireman though. Yeah. yeah. But I worked with your <laughs> your rookie, Cody, so yeah. I mean, yeah. Right. And your rookie he's got a, hired after my rookie and he's made how many entries now as compared to mine? Oh. I guarantee my rookie has made nine to ten entries. Since he's been here in the six months he's been here. And my rookie has had zero, and that's that's not because that happened every time. It's because, for whatever reason, B-Shift pulls all the fires. We are pulling here a lately. lot of fires lately, man. And then and anytime I'm on anytime I'm on C-Shift. We've already settled this in a previous episode. Anytime I'm on C-Shift, they're like, you fucking black cloud. Mm-hmm. They, anytime, and I tell them, like, I called it the other night. I yeah. called it. I said, guess what, boys? Today we're gonna burn one and it's gonna be commercial. But I was expecting a huge badass fire. He's so cocky now. He even calls out what type of fire it's gonna be. And get, I'm right yeah. though. I'm right. Yeah. And it's starting to look a little suspect. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm not gonna lie. I'm starting to get a little shocked myself. Yeah. So when Stephen has a new fucking co-host, you can just be like, "Well, he went to." <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you, dude. I'm. It's starting to get scary. Oh, but I called. Yeah. I've called a bunch. Oh, yeah, but I, I expected it to be a rip roar and shit show, and that's what I was telling them. And I was only doing it to get their goat. It started like, itself out, didn't it? Yeah, it, it auctioned deprived, and as yeah. soon as we opened the door, it ignited. But they were on top of it real quick. And yeah, and, and since we're gonna have to break here in a second, I'm gonna tell you that my my volunteer crew showed up. And went interior before Cody did, so fuck. I was on writ. Yeah! What do you want from me? You're fucking I was on writ. Anyway, when we come back, Gerald will talk about his um, new found home in the fire service. It's true. And he's still a cocksucker. Goodbye.
Hey guys, we're back. Yay! Yeah. Celebration! Celebration. Yay! Peace sometime. Yeah! No free ads. No free ads. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. So, Gerald, tell us about your new your new home. Your new hat. My new hat. You I, became I a know. salesman and you still had the draw to become yeah. or to be a firefighter. Like you can't stamp yeah. that out. You can't you can't get rid of it. You can't stop being a fireman. Um, you know I mean I'll I'll say something. I got I got a little bit lost in, in the the tail end of my time at your guys' department. And uh, you know, I, I was on a particular shift at a particular station that uh it was a rough crew to work for, man. It really was. But uh they're good guys. They they really are and uh there's some misunderstandings that, that happen when you live with people for twenty four hours at a time and a third of your your year. Yeah. Okay. A third of your career. And, third of your uh, life. Yeah. Third of your life. Yeah. And uh, sometimes personalities just don't click, and, you know, that other opportunity came up, and uh, ultimately where I was, I, I still loved the fire service. Uh, don't get me wrong. Don't get me twisted in that sense, but... I, I was ready for something different, and the opportunity came along that was going to be better for my family, uh, obviously better pay, stuff like that, and I, I jumped on it and I took it, and it was something that I also had a passion for, and it was an easy transition for me. I don't regret it whatsoever, but I miss the hell out of you guys. I, I really do. I, 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 there's not a day that doesn't go by that I don't sit there and go, I wonder what the guys are doing, like right now. And, you know, maybe in the future, maybe something changes and works out. I'm a person that lives day by day, so, you know, maybe someday I return. I don't know. We'll we'll see. You know, I'm not going to... The return of Gerald. The return. (laughs) Like the T-1000. You better bring a brand new ladder truck with you. Yeah, I'll be back. (laughs) (laughs) But, uh, anyway, transition from all this... my passion for the fire service never died. It, it never has. It's always stayed well burning, but uh, we had this volunteer fire department within our city. I mean, they're in our city confines. And uh, they were... Uh, to be honest, man, when I was working there, they had a horrible reputation. Horrible. Uh, didn't know how to do anything. I mean, just... But it was a lot of the old adage that I'm sure you guys have heard about on previous podcasts of, you know, the way things used to be and uh, the kind of mentality that was built by the previous administration. They just didn't know anything about them. Well, fast forward a little bit. I mean, that's a long story in and of itself. But uh, there was with the new chief and the new administration, the new way of looking at things and stuff like that, we needed help on structure fires. We did not have enough personnel to operate safely. Well, that particular volunteer service was the solve for that. Uh, it was, it gave you more personnel on a, on a scene to do more things and still operate effectively and uh, efficiently. And so I went over to those guys and started with them really hot and heavy. And, I mean, uh, the chief at the time, they really wanted help on structure fires. They're like, Gerald, you come on. We 
we'd really like you to train us on this because it's just something we haven't done before. You know, we're a grass fire department. We always have. And uh, it was the old adage, that fucking hated term. I hate it. Like, with a fucking passion of this is the way we've always done it. Yeah, I, that kills me. It, it just drives me insane. And, you know, vulgarity or whatever aside, like, it just, it, it does that to me. It puts me on my soapbox, everything like that. But I was not better than them when I came into this. I was just a resource. And that's the way I've always looked at it. And it comes from my time in the military. You're a resource. You're, you're a member of a team, and that was my new team. That was my new direction. That was my new drive. And I needed to reintegrate with them, earn their trust, and all of that stuff. Well, fast forward, uh, I think I was there four months, and uh, uh, really working with them. We were doing a lot of training. I mean, going over structure fires. I, I tried to uh, carry Stacy's message that we we had just very recently went through the RIT class yeah. with Stacy, uh, and. Uh, an amazing class. I, I can't talk better about it. Uh, you know, I'd had a lot of similar training uh, to it, kind of the same curriculum taught by different people. But uh, I tell you what, that man knows how to teach Rick, knows how to teach management. Oh, man. Easy. And Stacy's the guy that we had uh, recorded an episode with and experienced yeah. technical difficulty. So you'll see that podcast coming up, that episode coming up uh, later. Yeah, this is our yeah. second podcast today. We're yeah. on it, boys. We're super yeah. productive. Super yeah. productive. Well, look, guys, listen to that one before you listen to this one. I don't care. Like, <laughs> Stacy's that good of a dude, and I can't speak highly enough of him. I, 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 dude. Your fire will just be lit up by listening to that man for for five seconds. Like, what the fuck am I doing with my life? Like, where am I going with this? Like, I need, (laughs) I gotta be better. But, um, hit the ground running with these guys. Like I said, four months later, uh, we restructured the entire department. We we're we're trying to go from, and we've succeeded. Uh, We we're trying to go from the redneck fire department of the past to where all we did was fight grass fires to now we're an all-encompassing emergency service, right? And we're, we're growing up. This is not just a one-dimensional thing. The fire service has never been a one-dimensional thing, and we need to pro- be proficient at whatever task we're asked to do to pro- provide that public safety for our citizens, right? And that was my main fault. Fun- and, man, it, it couldn't have been better for me because I am not a person that thrives on sitting stagnant i am I, I get jitters and all sorts of other shit it's like i need my next fix of something to fix mm-hmm. it's my cocaine of yeah. sorts i guess but uh, uh uh we restructured the fire department we went from voted officers to appointed officers you know the only voted officer we have currently is the chief of the fire department and there's even requirements on that with our new bylaws and SOGs and SOPs that we've implemented of that you have to have certain requirements to be the chief of the fire department. It can't just be like, hey, Joe's a popular guy. so like It's not a popularity like, contest. Yeah, yeah, it's not a popularity contest. And that's the way it was for the company officers even. Like, I really like the shit out of Sam, man. Like, he's just a cool dude. Like, he's cool to drink beer with. Like, he can lead me in a fire. Dude's been on the in the fire service for like eight months. Yeah, like he'd not, make a great company officer. <laughs> a great company officer, like flawed logic, guys. Yeah, and then hey, I know there's a ton of votes that go on on the East Coast, and you guys have 
have a long history and all that. So please don't hate me for this. It's just for our particular circumstances and where we are, it was not working. You know, I, I met a guy from uh, Pennsylvania that uh, it was a long lineage of that's how they vote officers, but it was intelligently voted officers. And the lineage came in of, uh, you know, his dad was a fire chief. His grandfather was a fire chief. So eventually he was going to be that fire chief. But, you know, he was trained from 16 years old when he was an explorer, a junior on that fire department, to be the fire chief one day. And eventually that happened. He eventually got voted to be that chief. And But it I wasn't, think, it was, he, I guarantee he didn't just sit stagnant oh, and just no. knew and entitled that, oh, yeah, I'm the fire chief, no, so I don't yeah, have to no. do anymore. No. No, they put him through the ringer. Yeah, he was smart. I mean, he had been mentored and and grown into what he was when I met him. And you know what? If I can be half of the chief, if that ever happens for me, if I can be half the chief he is, I'm doing something. With You're listening life. to the second guy on this podcast who has big aspirations of wearing the white shirt. Oh, <laughs> One day, gentlemen, yeah. Yeah. when well, I'm old and decrepit and can't be a company officer, then I'll be a chief. When I try to get up out of bed and I fall down because my knees are done because jumping out of airplanes was cool, like... Yeah. Okay. You say that. You say okay. being old and decrepit, but yeah. here's the thing. You, you you also say change is, is your crack cocaine. It is. So uh, the higher up you go, the more, uh, I think, the more ability you have yeah. to affect change. It, definitely. Yeah. It, you do. Uh, and you set, the, you set the tempo and you set the example for the guys under you. And that's exactly where I was actually going with this. So, so I said that to yeah. so make sure that we're not shitting on people who are yeah. chiefs. No, no, no. <laughs> hey, I don't envy you. That's, <laughs> that's, that's right. Whatsoever. One uh, day I aspire to be to yeah. that level, but, I mean, at, yeah. at my current state where I'm at, I need to yeah. be a company officer first, <laughs> yeah. for sure. I want to be a company officer for 10, 20 years before I make a chief. Yeah. Like, you you got to have that, that stepping stone, though. You have to understand the decisions that are being made under you. It was no different than the military. Exactly. Like, you wouldn't be a successful corporal if you, you never understood... Or a successful sergeant, if you never understood the decisions made at a corporal level, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, corporal specialist level, and yeah. But you know, fast. Like I said, fast forward three times, and we talked for ten fucking minutes. But uh, <laughs> I, I got appointed captain, and uh, big change. You know, I I'd, I'd been a step up officer before, basically a lieutenant level. I never got never got the hat. I, I'll, I'll say that. I never fucking got presented it. It was bought. I had the shield for it. It was going to happen. Never happened because I changed departments. So uh, that sucked. Like, that was a big stepping stone for me. I really wanted that really, really badly, but it didn't work out. But that's okay. Improvise, adapt, overcome. Change. Went to, fun. Went to be a fireman again, and, and, dude, I loved it. It was awesome. But, you know, Cody's always been my biggest critic because... Uh, we talked not too long ago, and he was like, you know, you were a fireman, but were you ever truly happy just being a fireman? You remember that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know. Maybe it's karma. Maybe it's whatever, but, you know, I really took it in stride. I really took this position with seriousness because it's a serious position to have to be a captain 
on any fire department. And uh, you know, it, it was it was a it was a learning phase. It, it it was a growing pain that we had to go through to transition from voted officers to appointed officers and. You know, change is scary, even in the volunteer fire service. And uh, uh, but these guys are doing the right things. We got a lot of new people. We've lost some people because of the changes we made, but that's okay. You know, I, I'm a firm believer that they weren't there for the right reasons. If they let something so simple change, whatever reason it was that they were there to begin with, exactly. And. Uh, Ah shit! I guess I've been a captain now like six, eight months. I, fuck, I don't know, man. It's it's hard to think of, and it's it's been a boon for us because yeah. I yeah. mean we need the staffing and the personnel yeah. at these fires because oh it's been it's been awesome having having this our volunteer fire service there assisting us on on structure fires. Yeah, uh, I mean. It's, it's been great having the extra hands on deck. Whenever Something I'm not used to. More yeah. hands make light well, work, right? Yeah. So, well, like how many little, fires did we fight with six people? Exactly. A little backstory on us. Oh. I mean, if you if you didn't listen to the, our previous podcast, you know, we are a small municipality. And uh, typically, due to vacations and due to people being sick and people being off for various reasons, we have a minimum staffing of six for our city. So we come to working structure fires, whether it's industrial, whether it's commercial, whether it's residential, it doesn't matter. There's we six have guys. six guys, and that's all we used to have. Yeah. You had six guys, and you were lucky if you got a callback shift to man a second or to man a third engine to cover calls yeah. while you're on that fire. Yeah, and they were they were covering calls like in extreme circumstances. They would come to your scene, and that means you were getting kicked in the fucking teeth. Like yeah. it, bad shit was happening. You were burning shit to the ground. There wasn't fucking any progress being made. Like shit, it was just not going our way. And it's yeah. gassing guys. I mean, oh. you're, think of how tired you are. You go in. Yeah. You you have two out for writ. You have two guys going in for the structure fire, and they're fighting and they're fighting and they're fighting, mm. and they come out. Well, two guys on writ decide, okay, well now you're the interior yeah. attack crew. Yeah. The two guys that just got their ass kicked. They're guess not what? rehab. They're writ. We don't yeah. have rehab yeah. here. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're they're immediately writ. They're strapping a bottle back on and waiting to rotate back in. Yeah, and it was yeah. and it was it's hard on our guys. It's uh, oh man. I mean. I, I do I envy you guys that you know your minimum response is 16 20 people oh God. whenever you go to a structure fire that's yeah. that's awesome uh, that's great to I mean that helps you whenever it comes to rehab and all that but I don't envy you because I get to do everything yeah. It's like a double-edged sword. It's a double-edged sword. You I get I, to do a lot of stuff but you're like <laughs> tired as hell the entire you are. time yeah. you're you doing are. it. I like being in incident command, then going in for interior yeah. attack, and then going and vertically bending the roof, yeah. and then coming down and be like, "Well, okay, all right, yeah, yeah. Like now, I had a good day. Yeah, yeah. now I'll be rid. I'll switch yeah. you out." But now with yeah. our with the you, uh, you see those four bottles, those are mine. Those are mine. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and it those those days are cool. And but now with the uh, with the assistance that we have with our uh, our volunteer fire department that's assisting us with uh, mutual aid and automatic aid, oh, it's yeah. it's amazing uh, having the extra hands on deck and. Mm-hmm. We have a new automatic agree- aid agreement. Yeah, it's been so, in all, a year now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I don't know if any fire department in the United States can say that a career fire department has an automatic aid with a volunteer fire department. 
Yeah, where mm. where the the aid being provided is from the from volunteers. the volunteer. So, usually, yeah. usually it's yeah. vice versa. You'll Correct. have yeah. a volunteer fire department that's aided by the municipality. Yeah. But now, when I mean, we have a municipality that's aided, we flip the tables by the we volunteers. Sure yeah, and you know, from the foresight of the administration that's in place at at y'all's fire department, I mean, that's a true testament. Yeah. There could um, be there could be some hard feelings and some all well, the yeah. fucking volunteers like yeah, what, what are they going to do yeah like well, this is, dare I say professional yeah I mean, are we going to open up that can of worms please don't we'll, we'll <laughs> open up that I'm, no, I'm no, all about that no that that's a good can of worms and not I, I mean it I'll, is. I'll just I think I'll, people need to talk about no, it I'll, you can be professional on both sides of the coin yeah. no exactly. I, and I'll start by saying uh, when I went over there and I I don't want anybody to feel like I went over there feeling I was better than any of these guys I was just different. I had a skill set and a passion for something that they weren't used to, and I, I was glad that I could I could fall into place and help them further themselves. But it was not me alone. I am not a singularity that made them successful. That their passion, their drive to change and want better for themselves is ultimately what brought us to where we are today. And you know, uh, from the chief staff down, I mean, from our fire chief, our assistant chiefs, our captains, our training captain. Uh, they're just they're the passion is there and you know we're we're still we're going through some learning phases and stuff like that so a little bit of growing pains but man it it's all there and it it if it's not equal to it's greater than some of the passion i've seen when i was a career firefighter and you know that's the whole thing that we're pushing for is you know it's a joke right now and i'm you can say anything you want to ingest, but I'm going to put it on the side of our truck bay of unpaid professionals because that's the level we strive for. That's what we are going to reach. And, you know, the guys that we have in place and the people that work for that department, we're going to get there. And you know what? I, we're there already. We're getting there, but we need to be better. And But there's that push. But that's everybody. In training. Exactly. That's everybody. All that. We are unpaid professionals, and you know what we, they deserve that. Well, so much. And I'm, I'm so happy to be with them. And I'm sorry to cut you off. Oh, I, I just wanted. I, I'm, I'm so honored to be with them and and get to, get a chance to lead these men because it was it was definitely different for me. Well, being a professional. It's it's a word. Professional is a word used in the fire service where you you talk about a paid guy. We all know it. Whenever we say professional, we talk about a paid yeah. fireman. You're a professional. He's a volunteer. He's a volunteer. You're a professional. But I don't think that that's the right nomenclature to use. I I like I like thinking of you are a professional fireman. Them, those citizens, they don't know whether you're volunteer or paid. They don't care. Yep. You come to their aid to help them on their worst day. You better be a professional. Yes. Paid or not. Paid or not. Yeah. yeah. You are you. Being professional isn't a title. No. It's not something you slap on somebody who said, "Okay, you make money doing this, so you're a professional." Yeah. Being a professional is something you want to attain yeah. it's an attribute that you can build upon not something that's slapped upon you because you make a paycheck it's about a high providing a high quality customer service because you can have unprofessional paid firemen oh yeah 
and you can have professional volunteers. Yeah. And there there's some volunteers out there that really give a bad name and they don't they don't live the model. They just wear the t shirt. That's vice versa for paid yeah. guys. Yeah. You can have paid guys that are turds. Yeah. And they're there because they want the... They're drawing the paycheck and the benefits. And, they yeah. like the vacation schedule. They like the time off. They're not firemen. No. But but would you agree with with what is being built and what what is... Granted, we've had our growing pains. But the division that once existed between the two departments, just as a primate, just as the example, because it's close to our hearts... Uh, from where we were two years ago to where we are today, can you, would you agree that it's completely different? Yeah, yes. and it's super uh, beneficial. You bring yeah. people to the table, you work yeah. out your differences, you open a dialogue, you yeah. see change. If you yeah. don't come to the table and you just badmouth each other from far away oh, yeah. and behind the back, you're going to have bad relations, you're going to have bad you know, working relationships on incidents where yeah. that is not a place to have a bad working no. relationship. No. No, but uh, it's been super constructive. I mean, we've had our, our little shortfalls and disagreements or misunderstandings is probably yeah. a better way. Th- then it to all comes down it. to a lack of communication. It, it does. It, fucking number one in the fire service. Number man. one in the fire fucking, service, man. We miscommunicate fucking everything. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> right? Well, it's, uh, it's, it's everything's built upon assumptions. Like you'll you you take something and you assume instead of going to that person and talking with them. and preconceived notions. Exactly. Oh yeah, exactly. Of that they they can't possibly know what I know. They can't possibly have had the training that I had. Well, and and that yeah. that all comes to um, it, it's a it's a pride thing. It's it's. Yeah. It's not a beneficial pride thing because pride is one or two things. Pride is a good thing or it's a bad thing. This yeah. is, this would be a negative pride thing, where you have guys that are super boastful and super hua more than best oh, way yeah, I can yeah. say. Yeah. A best a best. I'd say wear the t shirt and they have and the loud t shirts. Yeah, they have the loud t shirts. <laughs> the loud like, t shirt. I fight what you fear, <laughs> you fucking homo. Like okay, First cool. Last out. Okay, cool. You you got the t shirt and all, but yeah. I would take a professional volunteer. And you brought up the silent professional over a fake. Yeah. Career guy. A loud career guy. Yeah. No, you you got guys that are paid that will fake it till they make it. That's right. And this job, you don't fake but, it till I you mean, make it. You do not fake it till you make it. I think if we if we ever came to the table of understanding each other's cultures, other than the differences of not collecting a paycheck, it it exists on both sides. I mean, there there's people here that at the department I work for that you know they're just. It, it's like they're for recognition. Like, yeah, I'm part of something. Like, I'm going to Snapchat some shit on and yeah. fucking put my selfie, my selfie on Facebook. Of fire truck. You know, like, I'm part of something. Yeah. And motherfucker makes five calls a year. <laughs> like, yeah, you're helping. Yeah. <laughs> Good job, guy. <laughs> but, you know, but... I, I, and it is different because, I mean, you guys, they, they make the calls with you, but, you know, where have they decided that they were going to develop themselves or, or better themselves professionally. And, you know, there's there's turds on both sides of the table, like, like you've said. And uh, that, that's a hard, hard debate to ever have. But 
we're all brothers in this. And I've loved what we've built over the last year because it's doing nothing but getting better. It's, it's making the scene safer for all of us. Uh, you know, I gave you shit at the end of the last segment of that. We came in and went interior before you did, but you know, that was a testament to the hard work and dedication that we've put in. Yeah. But we have somewhere that we need to go and we need to, uh, expand on and train on and be better on. And, you know, that one main thing is RIT. We have to get better at RIT. And, you know, we've, and you'll get to hear the podcast eventually, but, you know, we're going to take the RIT class from um, Mr. Stacy. And I can't fucking look forward to it more, man. I mean, so, and, yeah, and I know we're going to run people off. And the horrible thing about volunteers is, Every one of them has the the opportunity to say that I don't like what's going on here. I'm just going to go home, mm-hmm. and it sucks. It absolutely sucks. And from a discipline standpoint, from whatever else standpoint of trying to hold people accountable and stuff like that, it's just like you get onto a guy like I need you to be better, and they're just like, well, this ain't what I signed up for, so bye. But you know what? That person was not there for the right reason, right? And, and eventually I, you'll weed those people out correct. and you'll have a solid group of guys correct. who are there to be professionals. Yeah. And I mean, I have some guys here that they fuck. Oh man. If I could have been a rookie like them, like my fire service experience would have been way better. But you know, that's not how it worked out. But I, I do, I'm not ashamed of who I am today. And all of those experiences, much like each one of y'all's experiences made you who you are, right? Exactly. Well, you know, I I don't regret a single thing I've ever done, a single thing I've ever messed up, because you know what? The person I am today is a reflection of that. So, you know what? If you hate me for being me, oh, fucking sorry. Yeah. I guess we're That's not gonna, the way I feel it. I'm, yeah, I, I guess we're not going to have stones together. Yeah. You know? Unfortunately, oh, you can't have God. a stone with me. Yeah, I'm going to, like... I'll have stones with the enemy. Sleep. I don't care. That's right. <laughs> I think it's time to wrap it up. Yeah. Is it? Yeah. yeah. I think uh, you'll be seeing or listening to Gerald more in future podcasts. Thanks so much for showing up on the show. Yeah, guys, I really you. appreciate it. I appreciate what you're doing. Uh, Short notice and all. And yeah. Sorry it took so long. Up and oh, hell, man, what, what in our line of work doesn't take time? <laughs> That's right. But, uh, anyway, guys, uh, glad you could join us. Hope you had a good time listening to our, our banter. And Yeah, it was a lot uh, of fun. We'll see you next episode. Always remember, know your trade. Do your job. Do work. See you later, guys. Bye.